So as most of you will know, tomorrow is Equinox again. And it's kind of a special day, you know, when everything is in balance, when the day and the night are exactly of the same length. And then we start to go towards having longer nights again. And, uh, you know, the, the balance is just for a very short moment. And then it starts to go in the opposite direction until we come to the next equinox you know when we are again in in balance in the spring and then this is the way how it goes it's like breathing in and breathing out and it's it's impermanence in action really how it presents itself on such a vast scale in terms of the seasons on this planet and in a very small scale as we are breathing in and breathing out or as we are you know watching what's happening in our bodies it's it's totally fundamental to life itself and and the buddha was not the only teacher who spoke about that there were other teachers as well and one is particularly known heraclitus you know who lived in greece he also spoke about impermanence and he said he's on record for having said you know you can't step in the same river twice And so what the Buddha brought new into the world was um, his teaching about not self or emptiness. And I've mentioned it already a few times, but just wanted to say that again, that on the occasion of that special day tomorrow. And, you know, when the mind and heart, when they can stay open, then we can be that very flow of impermanence. And if we are holding on, you know, or wanting to push away, we are creating friction, we are creating tension, we are creating, you know, suffering for ourselves. And that was what the Buddha was picking up, you know, as the most important essence of his teaching. He always said, you know, I teach suffering and the end of suffering. And the end of suffering, you know, is equated with the end of greed, the end of ill will, and the end of delusion, which is also like a synonym for Nibbana, for the, you know, summum bonum of of the practice. And uh, as long as we are holding on, you know, as long as our mind operates in those patterns, because there's some conditioning still operating will always again and again you know create suffering for ourselves in particular you know like pockets of trauma which are stored in our bodies you know they as long as they are not released through practicing the holding on and the pinning down and the grasping is going to happen So it's really important for us to understand, you know, that the traumatic response, which was once exactly the right response when we were small infants and couldn't do anything else, but cut ourselves off from that experience, which was too much, which would have overwhelmed us. 
and now we are you know in a different situation and we can actually use the practice to liquefy those pockets of frozen energy again and through this liquefaction you know we can release it into the flow and then that means you know there is less and less grasping less and less trying to pin things down and because of that there is more ease in our lives because you know as long as we are grasping in that way we'll always experience ourselves as separate for example you know if we take our hand and we hold it you know we hold it into a river and then we move with the speed of the river it's complete harmony but as long as as soon as we are stopping to move the hand and hold it like that wanting basically to stop the river from flowing we experience a certain amount of pressure and that is how suffering is created yeah of not being in the flow because of uh, the patterning you know which is um, present in the mind as the result of conditioning and there's nothing you know wrong or bad about that of course but to just understand how suffering is created that is important and by really you know experiencing that pressure the weight the pulsing the burning sensation the numbness or whatever you know is is present if we are willing to be with that we can slowly but surely you know liquefy it again and that's you know what we are trying to do in the practice when we are going to a direct experience in the body sensing what we are experiencing rather than thinking about it that's what we often do you know we tend to split off the energy and then you know go in the head go round and round and round and try to make some kind of meaning out of it rather than sensing it and that's exactly you know what we wanting to train ourselves to come down from the thinking mind into the direct experience which can happen in the body and then you can also you know see what patterns are thrown up in the mind but they are in some sense always a defense against the direct sensing because that's something a skill you know which needs to be learned the skill which needs to be trained and uh, you know these days there's a lot of speaking about somatic experiencing that's a particular modality you know which is designed you know to enable people to do that direct experiencing in the body through the help of a therapist and through the guidance and through this direct experiencing we are melting we are liquefying those frozen pockets of trauma you know which are stored in the body and release them into the flow and through this direct experiencing we also develop you know wisdom and compassion because knowing how difficult it is for ourselves we can extrapolate that it is also difficult for others and in that way you know we slowly but surely can step out of that um, repetition compulsion of trauma which gets us into trouble you know again and again into different kinds of trouble you know either being uh, 
addicted to substances which help us, you know, to tone down the feelings or, you know, acting out in ways we later regret. That's just two examples. Or it can also, you know, uh, you know, become that the body becomes sick through certain uh, repressions. So it's it's a really important part of the practice to understand, you know, how trauma works and that trauma has a great intelligence which is necessary, you know, for our for us to be able to cope with overwhelming situations. But then, you know, when we come out of these overwhelming situations and when we have more agency in our lives, we can get back to that work, you know, which couldn't be done before because we weren't resourced enough. And that work of sensing, you know, happens through transcending the object-subject assumption, you know, where we are splitting off and see it out there and we come back into our body and experience it directly. And through that direct experiencing and through that uh, liquefying, you know, we need to do less and less othering, less and less polarizing, less and less projecting. And, you know, when the times are challenging, when there's lots of uncertainty, you know, there is a tendency for for human beings to polarize, you know, that's one of the great fears also we all have, you know, as we are going into the future, knowing there will be more and more environmental challenges. And also in regards, you know, to maybe food supply, water supply, and the daily sustenance, you know, of of daily life, which has been a very normal thing for us we didn't really think much about it in the future that might be different and then if you know lots of people are in that situation what tends to happen polarizing tends to set in as a way you know to deal with the fear to deal with the uncertainty that's why it's really important to understand how that works so we can um, you know, get ready for times, you know, when we also will be triggered. And today, you know, I'd like to share with us, you know, sharing a a meditation on metta. So find a posture you can sustain for about 40 minutes. You know, and allow the breath to take you into the body. Allow the nervous system to guide you, you know, by just noticing the whole body sitting here and breathing in and breathing out. 
in the gentle force of gravity pulling us towards the land, pulling us towards the planet underneath where we are sitting right now. And allowing your awareness to drop down. <coughs> and, you know, there's no need to work hard. Just, you know, listening to the guidance and allowing your mind and your body to respond. And then you're maybe allowing, you know, an image to arise in the mind of a lovely being, just like little Romeo who has just joined our group. Yesterday he came into the life of uh, Bob. You know, knowing how many, you know, confused little animals are out there in the wildfires, you know, in the zones, in the polar zones, you know, where the ice is melting, in all of those areas, you know, where there's so much change going on, the forests cut down, the oceans filled with plastic, all of the repercussions, you know, which are coming to weigh in more and more onto our environment and impacting so many living beings. And just, you know, allowing that to be a thought, you know, which we just allow to be there. And just, you know, breathing into that. And knowing, you know, the more we are willing to allow the truth, you know, to be met. the quicker we're going to be changed by the truth. And then our actions will change. And this is the way, you know, how we learn. We learn through making mistakes. I'm sure you can all relate to that when you look back onto your own lives. Often we learn the most from making mistakes. 
if we have the courage you know, and the curiosity to pay attention to the repercussions of our mistakes, we will learn from it. That's just the way things are. So imagining, you know, a little being in the midst of this. Vast evolutionary process, you know, being buffeted on the waves of samsara, as, as it said in the scriptures, you know. And, you know, what a great good fortune that we at least, you know, have a perspective on it, even it's still scary. But there is a framework, you know, for understanding what is happening. And through that understanding, a measure of courage and strength and resilience is becoming available. And, you know, for us, you know, to be able what we can do to benefit others who don't have that good fortune to even, you know, have a perspective on what's happening. You know, the traditional uh, sentence, you know, for the meta meditation is, may all beings be happy. It's allowing that thought. Then with the in-breath, you know, tasting the sensations which are happening in the body, maybe in the heart area, there's some kind of a little response to that thought, may all beings be happy. And with the outbreath, just in allowing the matter gently to spread out through the body without any pressure. And then allowing the heart to open. And the body also to open up. 
with the in-breath, just, you know, tasting how that mind state feels, you know, that state of metta. And with the out-breath, allowing it to spread out throughout the body and even beyond the body if that's what's happening. And noticing, you know, how that works. And as we are bringing up a sentence or an image, you know, setting the conditions in place, the body responds, the mind responds. then you know allowing the matter to slowly radiate out in front of us and it's a natural you know natural unfolding the immeasurable source of matter which is in the heart the mystery of that Radiating in front of us and then to one side. Behind us. The other side. above and below, we're sitting in an orb of matter. That can be, you know, our resource and our protection. In a world where there's so much polarization and polarizing going on. So much, you know, making up of stories which point, you know, the finger at somebody else, somebody else's fault, and not really looking at the whole picture the underlying narrative of our civilization, you know, which is what really is uh, the culprit, if there is any. It's the story we tell ourselves about what it means, you know, to live as a human being. These uh, stories of extraction and consuming, which need to be 
updated urgently. That's what is the real culprit for all of this. And it's just another evolutionary threshold we need to cross if we want to you know, adapt more fully to reality. And that's what we are called to do, to understand that we are not separate from the mothership, you know, which we call planet Earth. We are emerging out of it and living in it as it every moment. So as we are allowing, you know, that to become more and more conscious, we have more and more capacity to attune to it and to resonate with this much master intelligence. And then we know, you know, what is our next step. It just comes through, not by thinking about it, but by simply knowing it. So through letting go, we allowing the new to come through us, letting go and letting come. First, we need to make some space and then something can come into that space. A new response rather than a repetition of the past. Just you know, becoming aware of the spaciousness of the mind. You know, as the mind is uh, open and not holding on to anything. So giving room to everything to just be there without becoming it. If a thought arises, just allow it to arise and cease. 
just be there, you know, without any agenda, any judgment, just being that knowing. I don't need any, you know, kind of concept of I or me or mine, just awareness and meta. A loving awareness. Which understands, you know, that uh, mistakes are there for learning. And they can help us, you know, to step into a greater capacity for listening and you know, paying attention to emergence. That what's that which wants to come through us now on this threshold. The next narrative, which will be with us for a while, and then it needs to make place for the next one. That's how it is. A constant change. Just like as one equinox follows on the next. So it is with our worldviews, our narratives. They are impermanent. And, you know, the next worldview needs to be about working in dialogue with the living planet. And not trying to hold on to these ideas of mastery.
that you know combination of the letting go of many paradigms such as patriarchy, capitalism, consumerism, all of this uh, on top of or extractive approaches. They have run its course. They are no longer suitable for what needs to be done. We need to regenerate our systems. We need to do things very different. And we can, we have what it takes. We just need to do it and stop pretending it's not happening. So emptying out you know, the mind of these pockets of frozen history, making space for the emergence of the new and ancient at the same time. And for that, you know, we really need to cultivate the Brahma-viharas to give us that uh, agility and flexibility of the heart, which is needed when such challenges are upon us. like a lubricant for the heart, you know, oiling the wheels basically of something which is a bit rusty, a bit set in its ways, needs to have a total overhaul. You know, reconsidering so many assumptions
Right, you know, we are breathing in, noticing how it feels, you know, if the mind doesn't cling to anything. And as we are breathing out, relaxing into the spaciousness, the emptiness, which is pregnant with possibilities. And in order to experience that there's no need for a subject or an object, just being that knowing. And as we are practicing in this way, we can see, you know, what emerges into our lives. Without any pressure, but also, you know, with a clear aspiration to be of service for this transition, which needs to happen. There's no doubt we cannot go back into the past. We need to step into the future. And this future needs to be in dialogue with the living planet. And in solidarity with all life, with especially you know, with the more than human life, we need to allow that into the circle of concern. The more than human life isn't just here in order to support us. This is a very immature, old narrative which needs to go as quick as possible. And it is going.
you know, so inviting the, the blessings of the ancestors who have come before us, human ancestors, animal ancestors, plant ancestors, mineral ancestors, countless ancestors, you know, big, large as a mountain and tiny, tiny, tiny insect, all of those ancestors. You know, evoking that resilience, which has been evolving over billions of years out of material which comes from the stars. It's an awesome amazing process for lack of a better word and the more we are capable you know, of aligning and attuning and resonating with that intelligence better for us because we cannot control that that is a, a complete pipe dream So opening the heart, opening the mind, opening the body and the will to support that. You know, letting go everything which shuts us down, which keeps us stuck. Through sensing and being willing to experience the contraction. Of the fear and the resistance to the vast changes, you know, which are on the horizon for us. The mind can, and the heart, can hold all of it, because it's limitless.
And I have brought a quote by a very ancient Greek philosopher who is called um, Pyro of Elis, and he lived between 360 to 270 before Christ. And uh, I got that poem on a card from Achan Sumedo when I visited uh, Amarawati in uh, the winter of 21. And uh, it's a Greek philosopher who says the following, which sounds extremely Buddhist to me. By suspending judgment, by confining oneself to phenomena or objects as they appear, and by asserting nothing, this is hard to read, definite as to how they really are, one can escape the perplexities of life and attain an imperpetuable peace of mind. I read it one more time. By suspending judgment, by confining oneself to phenomena or objects as they appear, and by asserting nothing, definite as to how they really are, one can escape the perplexities of life and attain an imperpetuable peace of mind. Pyro of Elis, 360 to 270 BC. So I think that is you know, where I'd like to end today with the meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.